As many of us expected, the Jets made a deal at the trade deadline. However, it was not the trade we were expecting. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen each day. We are going to talk about the results of the trade deadline for the New York Jets ahead on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The trade deadline has passed in the NFL. It came at 4 p.m. Eastern time yesterday, and the Jets made a move. Now, if I had told you 24 hours ago that the Jets would be active before the deadline... I bet you would have believed me, but you probably would have imagined that they would have been sellers, that they would have traded one of their veteran players in the final year of his contract. Maybe Marcus May, maybe Jamison Crowder, maybe somebody else. You may not have guessed that the Jets would be adding players at the deadline, but that's exactly what they did. Four years ago, the Jets were in a relatively similar situation where I was expecting them to be deadline sellers, if anything, and they added a player in Richard Robinson. And I have to tell you, that trade did not make a lot of sense to me at the time. In fact, if you remember, Todd Bowles was being interviewed by the media and was not informed that the Jets had made the trade. And in Mike McCagnan's defense, I don't think I would have wanted to tell anybody if I had traded for Richard Robinson. But the Jets made a deal yesterday and they acquired an offensive lineman they traded for Lauren Duvernay-Tardif from the Kansas City Chiefs. In exchange, they gave up Daniel Brown. Now, if you're familiar with Duvernay-Tardif's story, it's very interesting. He actually is a graduate of medical school, and he was one of the first players to opt out of the 2020 season. But the reason he did it was because of his medical background, he wanted to help with the pandemic. So he was out the 2020 season. And he actually has not played yet in 2021. He suffered an injury in training camp, a hand injury, and only was active for the Monday night game Kansas City played against the Giants. So this is a guy who really has not played since the Super Bowl a couple of years ago between San Francisco and Kansas City. And again, the Jets gave up Daniel Brown in exchange for Duvernay Tardif. And it's funny because if you had asked me 24 hours ago, I probably would have told you, if anything, the Jets should be sellers, that they should not be adding players. But I think it's difficult to dislike this trade. In fact, I think it's difficult to even make an argument against this trade. He plays guard. The Jets' biggest issue on the offensive line is at the guard position with Greg Van Roten. Duvernay Tardif has been a quality player During his tenure in the NFL, now after two years away, again, he has not played since the Super Bowl between San Francisco and Kansas City. What are you getting? It's difficult to say. And the Chiefs kind of did move on from him. And I got the impression, based on some of the statements that were released, that they just wanted to give him an opportunity to get some playing time. Because they did not get much of a return in Daniel Brown. And that's where I come from on this deal. The Jets gave up nothing. This is not even a case where you gave up a 6th or a 7th round pick 
that at least has like a 1% chance of turning into something for you. You gave up a tight end who does play special teams. He does play on a number of special teams units, and I guess is an okay special teamer. But you really gave up nothing of value to get this player who could help upgrade your offensive line, and that's really important because whether we're talking Mike White or whether we're talking Zach Wilson, the Jets have a young quarterback under center, and you want to make sure that they're protected and Greg Van Roten is not doing a very good job. So it's kind of like a risk-free move. Now, Duvernay Tardif is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. His contract avoids after 2021, but it's not a bad move because you get an opportunity to see how this guy fits in your system. You can argue, all right, the guy's a rental. Maybe that's not such a good move for a 2-5 and five team. But on the other hand, you do have an exclusive window to negotiate with players on your team. So if he plays well for the Jets, you could work out a contract extension before free agency next season. And maybe he could be a guy who's with you for a couple of years. And again, if it doesn't work out, this is not even a case where you'll look back and you'll look at a pick you traded and maybe Kansas City somehow hits on a round six or round seven pick and you say, oh man, look at the player we lost. You're only losing Daniel Brown. It was kind of amazing. Can you imagine waking up yesterday with the idea that some team out there wanted to trade for a tight end on the Chets roster and not even a starting tight end? Daniel Brown, who's pretty low on the depth chart. And again, you know, a respectable special teamer. I don't mean to disrespect Daniel Brown's contributions to the Jets on special teams because he plays a lot of special team snaps. In fact, I remember over the course of the offseason, people were wondering when the Jets brought him back, well, why didn't you get rid of this guy? Well, I think Brant Boyer did like him. And I do think sometimes special teams are a little underrated. But a right guard, a potential starter at right guard, that's more valuable than a special teamer. Now, again... We'll have to see what he can provide. We've seen firsthand with certain players, a running back who we will not name right now, that sometimes a long hiatus from playing football can have a negative impact. So we'll see. But if you're looking risk-reward here, I mean, this is not low risk. This is zero risk because, again, you didn't give up anything. And the reward, I mean, look, listen, Duvernay Tardif is not Quinton Nelson. He's not an elite guard, but he is a credible starter. Now, I'm not going to make the argument that I see some people make that he was good enough to start for a Super Bowl team. I don't like that argument because that was the argument people used when the Jets signed Breno Giacomini after Seattle won the Super Bowl with him. He happened to be on a really good team. And listen, he contributed to it, Duvernay Tardif, not so much Breno Giacomini. He's a decent player. And I've even seen Kansas City fans say, you know what, look at the way our offensive line's playing. Duverde Tardif is better than what we got. Why are we trading him? So he's a quality player. I mean, I'm not going to argue that he was like an integral part, that he was the reason that the Chiefs had such a great offense. But he's a guy who has been a very credible starting player in this league. And the Jets just got him really for nothing. I mean, honestly, as much as anything, as I said, it seems like a salary dump for Kansas City, but on top of it being a salary dump, but it's not he's not making that much money. It's not really going to materially impact the Jets' cap situation. But on top of that, it kind of reads like, if you read what the everybody had to say yesterday, kind of reads like they just think he's a good guy and they wanted to give him an opportunity to continue his career and get on the field and get some playing time. 
Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of the players the Jets did not trade, try and figure out why they did not deal them, and discuss whether or not those were the right decisions. Ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this Wednesday. Now the Jets are hoping they traded for a player with some upside, and I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and that's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You'll get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 in a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. We are talking about the trade deadline passing today. In our first segment, we talked about a player the Jets traded for. Now I'm going to talk about a player the Jets did not trade, even though there were plenty of rumors about his status. And let's be honest, there will be plenty of rumors about his status in the days and weeks to come. And that is Marcus May. Of course, May is playing out the season under the franchise tag and is pretty unhappy with the Jets. And his agent has been very vocal about the unhappiness May has because there has not been a new contract. And I think by any objective measure, May has been a success story for the Jets. And the Jets have not had many good second round picks in recent years. May is an exception to that. He, outside of his second season where he had a lot of injuries and did not play a whole lot. He's been excellent for the Jets. Well, this year has been a little shaky at times, but May's a good player. It's just not clear he fits the Jets long term because he's approaching 30. And that's one of the issues with May is entering the NFL. He was old for a prospect when the Jets drafted him. So players are typically a couple years younger than May when they are approaching the age of their second contract. And the reason you give a player a second contract is you're trying to get them for the prime of their career. You could argue that because May was such an old prospect when the Jets drafted him, they kind of got him for the prime of his career on his rookie deal. You also have to factor in his position. Safety is not really a big-time impact position if we're talking positional value. And you have to understand that not all positions are equal in the NFL. There are some positions that are more valuable than others. Safety is at the lower end of the scale, and that's probably one of the reasons Jamal Adams is not still with the Jets. Not the only reason. I think if things had been different, the Jets may have been willing to extend Adams on a big deal, but May's not the type of top-end talent at the position. He's a good player. You could argue he's a very good player, but he's not the type of game-changing talent like maybe an Adams, at least Adams in his Jets days. I don't know about Adams anymore. Or, you know, maybe a Derwin James or somebody along those lines. I mean, I think when you're talking position value in the NFL, I think the top players at virtually any position are game-changing talents. It's just when you talk about the most valuable positions, you have a lot more players who are game-changing talents. Whereas when you get to positions like running back or linebacker or safety, positions that are relatively lower in value, you'll have like the top few guys and then everybody else is just kind of all in the same group. And I think the difference between a guy who's good to very good like Marcus May 
and just an average safety probably doesn't move the needle a lot for your team. And there are good safeties available. There are always quality safeties available on the open market. I feel like every year we get into the summer months where we get into July, August, and there's one or two quality safeties out there who remain unsigned. It's just not a very difficult position to fill. But now we have to wonder what will happen with the Jets in May. Now, I think everything I just mentioned plays into why maybe the Jets could not trade May. You may may look at this and say, well, you know, if he's not coming back, why wouldn't you try and get something for him? I don't think that the Jets are just going to let him leave for a compensatory pick. And the reason for that is not necessarily that May is going to be here. But to get a compensatory pick, you have to lose more than you gain in free agency. I don't think that's going to happen for the Jets this year. I think the Jets will remain buyers in free agency. I don't think that they are going to lose more players than they gain. I don't think they're going to sit out free agency this year. I don't think they have the luxury of sitting out free agency at this point in their build. The issue might just be all the all the things I mentioned previously, that he doesn't play a, a premium position. As good as he is, he's not a big-time playmaker. He's more of a, a steady presence in the back of the defense. He's not a guy who's constantly filling up the, the stat sheet, making game-changing plays. And by the way, he is playing the season out on the franchise tag which I think probably has an impact because if you're trading for May right now, you're probably adding about no oh, five million or so to your cap number. That's a lot for a guy who's a very solid, very steady safety, but again, not a guy who changes the game. Now, can the Jets in May work something out now that he's with the team for the rest of the year? Well, it can't happen until a little bit later because we passed the deadline for this season for the Jets and made to work out a long-term extension. There is a deadline that comes in the summer for players playing under the franchise tag to reach a long-term extension and that deadline's passed. And that's probably another issue that came into play making May difficult to deal is that any team trading for him would not be able to lock him up to a long-term deal at this point. You can never say never. I've seen too many instances where it seemed hopeless, where it seemed like the player was ready to leave, the team did not value the player, and they are eventually able to work it out. But I think it's far more likely than not that May will not be a member of the Jets next season. Now, I think the scenario that would involve a May return probably would be something, I don't know if you remember what happened with Jordan Jenkins a few years ago, but Jenkins, a former third-round pick of the Jets, hit free agency, there were all reports that the team and the player were about to move on. And then Jenkins went out onto the market and the deal he wanted did not materialize. So he ended up re-signing with the Jets on a one-year deal. That's the only way I could see May returning to the Jets is if he did not get the money he wanted out on the open market, maybe then he could return. And this is just me guessing. This is no insider information. This is just me guessing. But I get the feeling May was a difficult player to trade, and I wonder if the circumstances were a little bit different, if he was a little bit easier to deal, whether the Jets would have been able to get something done. But May remains with the Jets for the rest of the season, and so does another player. We're going to talk about it ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this show the day after the trade deadline in 2021. But with the deadline passed, we now essentially know what most rosters are going to be like by the end of the season. There were a few teams that made major moves, such as the Rams adding Von Miller. They may have improved their title chances. 
And if you want to put some money down on who you think is going to win, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the football action this season and the basketball action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And while you're figuring out who you're going to bet on, you may work up some hunger and need a little snack. And you should know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. These bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being purely delicious. And there are so many flavors. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia. And this month, Built is coming out with a new limited-time flavor every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Wednesday, the day after the trade deadline in 2021. In the first segment, I talked about a player the Jets acquired in a trade, Lorraine Duvernay-Tardif from the Kansas City Chiefs. In the second segment, I talked about a player the Jets did not trade, Marcus May, And I'm going to talk about another player the Jets did not trade in this final segment of the show, and that's Jamison Crowder. Now, Crowder has had trade rumors going around him since the offseason, I guess really since the Jets drafted Elijah Moore in the second round, because I think a lot of people thought Moore would naturally move into the slot, and the Jets have used him a little bit differently. They've used him plenty as an outside receiver. However, Crowder is in the final year of his contract. And he was brought to the team by a different front office. Mike McCagnin was the GM who signed him. And a different coach, Adam Gase, who liked to feature the slot receiver in his offense. So I think it was natural to wonder, would Crowder remain with the Jets? And as it turned out, the Jets did agree to get him to take a pay cut this offseason. Cut his salary about half, which I guess in some ways was probably a signal they wanted to keep him because... You would not work out a pay cut to make a player more financially viable for you if you were trying to get rid of him. You'd just get rid of him. However, Crowder remains in the final year of his contract. It's not clear whether he'll be back next year. I think you may have wondered whether or not the Jets would look to get something in return for him, especially with the team owning a 2-5 and record. However, I've really changed my mind on Crowder. I have to admit, heading into the offseason, I thought maybe he was expendable, but... I've grown an appreciation for what he brings to the table. I think there's professionalism there out of the slot. There's reliability. I think maybe the experience the first couple of games of the year where Braxton Berrios was getting all those targets maybe changed my mind a little bit. And even though the team's not going anywhere, a guy like Crowder, I think, has value to a team like the Jets, even if he leaves in the offseason, because this goes back to talking about the quarterbacks, whether you're talking Mike White or whether you're talking Zach Wilson. And by the way, Mike White seemed to really like Crowder last Sunday. You want to give your quarterback viable targets. And I just have this vision of what happened last year. I have this memory of what happened last year where the Jets are putting guys like Chris Hogan on the field 
it's not bad to have wide receiver depth. Now, listen, every player has a price. In the offseason, I'm not sure keeping Crowder around to be part of an ensemble was worth it at $11 million. And if there was some wide receiver needy team that was desperate and came at you with, I don't know, a second round pick or a third round pick, you may have to consider that because in the long run, that pick may be more valuable to you than Crowder. But it would take something like that because Crowder's going to help whoever's playing quarterback for the Jets the rest of the season. He's going to be a really good, reliable target on third down, those like third and intermediate, third and short plays, third and three, third and four, third and five, where you need somebody to run a good route over the middle, get open, and secure the catch. So I'm, I'm glad the Jets kept Crowder, and I, I've become a Crowder. I've become more. I've always, I, I was always a Crowder fan, but. I've become more of a Crowder fan over the last few months. I've come to really appreciate what he brings to the table. I'm not sure how likely it is. I actually would consider trying to work on some sort of extension for him because I just like, I think he is, you need guys like him when you're trying to develop a quarterback and you want to have good receiver depth. Even though the Jets have plenty of good receivers on this team, you want to make sure that in case somebody goes down, you have somebody reliable waiting in the wings. Anyway, that's all for today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a five-star review. Hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. It will be game day. We'll talk about the game between the Jets and the Colts on Thursday night football. Take care, everybody.